This is HPR episode 2311 entitled AFNUV5RVHF slash UHF handset part 5 and is part of the series QSK HAM radio. It is hosted by Mr. X and is about 19 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is an in-depth series about the AFNUV5RVHF slash UHF handheld transceiver. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Welcome, Hacker Public Radio audience. My name is Mr X. As usual, I'd like to start by thanking the people at HPR for making this service available. If we all contributed the show, we'd have more shows than we know what to do with. The show is provided by the community for the community. It's actually very easy. They've gone to a great deal of effort to streamline the whole process and it's, it's really quite quite easy. It's... Um, the, 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 the hardest bit I find is, is getting around to writing the, the show notes. Um, it's just a matter of picking up a microphone and hitting the record button. I'm sure it must have something interesting that we'd all love to hear. Okay, in this episode we're going to cover the rear and front panel controls of the Bofeng UV5R handheld transceiver. Hopefully it won't be too boring for you, but remember, this is all... Ken Fallon's fault. Okay, detailed description of the rear of the case. So the rear of the case has uh, the most prominent feature is the uh, the belt clip, and that's held on by two screws. I found that uh, fitting this belt clip to be very fiddly uh, when I first tried to do it, um, because uh, there's a very fairly strong spring on the um, on the actual uh, belt clip, and it tends to, as you're trying to line up the hole, it, it tends to tip up the, um, the you can't get it flat on the surface of the radio as you're trying to put the screw in. So I found that turning the belt clip through 180 degrees so it's pointing in the wrong direction and putting a screw through, by doing that I can, I can get it into a flat orientation against the base and put the screw through the, the, the one hole, tighten it till it's reasonably tight and then swivel the um, the belt clip through 180 degrees to bring the second hole in line with the with the with the the case, and then that way you can get the second screw through. I, I, I found that to be the easiest way of doing that. Um, 
there's uh, three gold. Further down, there's there's three gold um, uh, connections on the on the on the back of the set, which is obviously for charging. I don't really know uh, precisely what they do. There's a there's a, a plus symbol on it. Uh, it looks like a T. I don't know what that is, and a minus symbol. T. I don't know what the T's for. But there you go. That, that's uh, three gold charging point contacts. Uh, to remove the battery itself, um, just at the top of the radio, there's a, a kind of button that's got the word push written on it. See, if you've got the radio facing down the way with the back facing up, and you push that button down, uh, then and then what you do is you, you just slide the the battery uh, down the keeping it flat against the unit uh, out and and that, that releases it some um, nice nice feel to it very very solid um, and the battery itself is a lithium ion battery model BL-5 uh, with a capacity of 1800 milliamp hours so that means that uh, Ideally, it should be able to um, deliver nearly two amps for one hour, uh, 1.8 amp hour, basically. And um, operating voltage, nominal operating voltage of 7.4 volts. I'll just lift the belt clip, place it flat on the base, uh, keeping it flat all the time, slide it up, and you'll hear a click. And that's it back in place. So it feels very robust, very solid, very very nice, solid solid snap. Um, so that covers the rear of the case. So let's cover the front panel of the radio. The uh, top button on the front panel, it's a kind of orange button. It's, it's, uh, it's uh, marked VFO slash MR. Let's turn the radio on. So you've got uh, channel mode, which is MR. Frequency mode. Frequency mode, which is uh, VFO mode. Channel mode. It's a bit confusing. Okay, so th okay, this button switches the radio between VFO and MR mode. VF stands for variable frequency oscillator. I assume MR stands for memory recall. Confusingly, the radio announces VFO mode as frequency mode, and it announces MR mode as channel mode. According to Wikipedia, an electronic oscillator is an electronic circuit that produces a periodic oscillating electronic signal, often a sine wave or square wave. Oscillators convert direct current from a power supply to an alternating current AC signal. They are widely used in many electronic devices. Common examples of signals generated by Oscillators include signal broadcast by radio and television transmitters. In VFO mode, the radio can be switched to any frequency within the range listed in the specification section of the radio manual. The frequency can either be directly inputted using the front panel numeric keys or can be moved up and down to the desired frequency using the up and down arrow keys on the front panel. The size of the frequency step by which each up and down press is specified by the menu option 1 step. In MR mode, 
which stands for memory recall, you cannot directly input a frequency. Instead, you can jump to any one of pre-programmed frequencies. Each program frequency is stored against a particular channel number. Many other settings can also be stored in a particular channel, along with your chosen frequency. For example, you can store CTCSS tones, transmit and receive frequency splits, and many other settings. Below the VFO slash MR key is the A slash B key. This button causes the radio to switch between the upper and lower displayed frequencies on the main screen. These two displayed frequencies of identical physical size give the illusion that the radio is a duplex radio, capable of listening to two frequencies at once. Of course that isn't the case, but I'm sure it suits the marketing people. At first I thought this was a bit of a gimmick, I thought I would never find any use for it. However, I've since changed my mind about this and find it immensely useful. On a Sunday morning, Amateur Radio News in my area, Edinburgh, Scotland, is broadcasted on the 2 metre band on 145.525 MHz. However, after the news, stations are invited to call in, but before doing so, the news broadcaster moves frequency to 145.575 MHz to vacate the space for the Glasgow News Broadcaster. This button allows me to easily switch between the two frequencies even when the radio is clipped onto my back pocket as the AB button is easily found by touch alone. Ok, to the right of the AB key is the band key. The band key switches the current working display between VHF and UHF frequency band. Band switching is only relevant when in frequency mode. In channel mode this button does nothing. The VHF or very high frequency band on this radio covers from 136 MHz to 174 MHz. The UHF or ultra high frequency band on this radio covers from 400 MHz to 480 MHz. One row down from the band key on the left hand side of the front panel is the menu key. This button is used to access the Bofeng menu system. The menu system on the Bofeng is reasonably straightforward. However, trying to explain it in words is not, and I'll probably make it sound more complex than it really is. Despite that, I'll give it a go. Using the menus as a four-step process. Step 1. Enter the menu. Step 2. Select the appropriate menu. Step 3. Select the appropriate parameter for the chosen menu. And step 4. Save the chosen menu parameter. To start, first you need to enter the menu selection mode by hitting the menu key. Menu. The radio will announce menu. A triangular icon will appear on the left hand side top row display. This indicates you are in menu selection mode. In this mode, you can navigate to any of the available 40 menus. The menu key must be pushed a second time to enter the menu setting mode. This signified by a, the triangular icon moving down to the left hand side of the lower display. At this point the radio will announce your chosen menu. So let's push the menu again because it's come out of that. Menu. Push it again. Squelch. There you go. Menu setting mode allows you to choose the parameter of your chosen menu selection. Once the desired parameter is selected, it can be set 
by hitting the menu key a third time. So let's go. The first time is going into the menu. Menu. Second one is telling you what menu selection you've picked. Squelch. And the third one is to confirm it. Confirm. There you go. At this point, the reader will announce confirmed. The chosen parameter will only be set if the menu key is pushed a third time. This is signified by the radio announcing confirmed. If the radio is left in menu mode and no buttons are pushed, then after a good number of seconds pass, the radio reverts back to the normal home screen, displaying your chosen channel or frequency. It actually also beeps as well, so if I push menu, menu. and then you wait, any second now, there you go, that's a return back to the home screen, displaying your chosen channel or frequency. Any time you can exit out of the menu system and return to the home screen by pushing the exit key. There are three ways to navigate the, new, the menus once the menu key is pushed. One is to cycle through the menus one at a time by pushing the up and down arrow keys. Another is to use one of the keyboard numeric keys to directly access a menu. For example, the number 2 key has a letter TXP next to the number 2. Pushing it while in the menu selection mode will take you to menu selection 2, which happens to be TX Power. A lot of the most useful menu entries are directly available from keys 0 to 9. The menu names from menu 0 to 9 are written beside the numeric keypad number keys in blue letters. You can access any of the menus above 9 by typing the two required digits. So for example, to get to menu 20, you just hit the 2 followed by the 0 key. For blind operators, Razor does not announce the menu until it is selected by the pushing the menu key a second time. At this point, you are ready to change its parameter. Unfortunately for blind operators, the parameter is not announced, either during selection or setting. The only announcement for parameter setting is the word confirmed, to signify that you have chosen a parameter as set. Moving to the right of the menu key, is the up arrow that's used to navigate the menu, frequency and channel selection. Next to that, to the right again, is the down arrow used to navigate the menu, frequency and channel selection. And next to that again to the right is the exit key used to exit from the menu system and return to the home screen containing an upper and lower displayed frequency or channel name. Numeric keys 0 to 9 these keys are used to directly enter a frequency, jump to a particular channel or in menu selection mode allows quick access to any of the available menus. Useful shortcut keys. The star SCN um, key, which is the furthest uh, row to the right, uh, but uh, so if you go to a column of keys, the right hand side, and one down from the top if that makes sense. So as far to the right as you can go, one down from the top. Star, uh, it's got the legend star uh, in white and SCN in blue. Uh, uh, that, that, um, so a short press of that puts you into reverse mode. Pushing it again cancels reverse mode. Um, and it also uh, stops scanning if you have to be scanning. Remember this is just with a short press of, the SC, of, that, of that key. Um, reverse mode is useful when working split frequencies. Split typically when working through a repeater and allows you to quickly listen to the input frequency of the repeater. That way you can quickly tell if you are close enough to directly work the station you are 
talking to you on the repeater. That way you can vacate the repeater, freeing it up for others to use. Star CSN long press, um, that does scanning begin. So if I hold that down. Scanning begin. There you go, scanning begin. Short press. Scanning stop. Scanning stop. Uh, the zero next the next key down from the star SCN key is a zero key. Ho um, long press. Uh, battery uh, battery voltage. I'll do that again. It says, it says bat DC seven point five volts. Yeah, I guess that could be useful. Uh, below the zero key, uh, directly below that is a is a hash, and it's got, it's got ha white hash, and next to it a blue symbol of a key. So short press of the hash key toggles between high and low power. High power is four watts. Low power is one watt. On low power, a letter L is displayed in the top left-hand side of the display. There is no indication of high power other than the absence of the letter L in the top left-hand side of the display. A long press locks the keypad. A small key symbol appears in the upper right-hand side of the radio. The radio will announce lock. So I'll just do that. Lock. There you go, lock. This feature is useful to guard against accidental button activation. I haven't found this necessary as the buttons have a nice positive feel to them. I need a reasonable force to activate. The keypad is unlocked by pressing and holding the hash key for two seconds. I'll just do that again. Unlock. There you go, unlock. Um, menu followed by a single key press of key 0 to 9. This takes you directly to any one of the menus, the first 10 menus being among the most useful, often used. To enter, to enter a menu greater than 9, enter the two digits directly on the keypad. One final thing, if you push the uh, PTT side key plus the AB key, um, this will transmit a 1750 Hz uh, tone. This used to be commonly used to access repeaters. The repeater will not activate unless initially receiving a 750Hz tone, whereupon it will stay active while a strong enough station is detected on the repeater's input frequency. After a preset time of receiving nothing, the repeater will stop transmitting. These days, most repeaters are accessed by CTCSS. This was probably brought into play to help combat the Kerchunk Brigade. What's the Kerchunk Brigade? Well, it's people bl blipping the repeater by just momentarily holding the transmit button and you hear the repeater go as they release the key, but it momentarily trans lifts the, 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 uh, the transmitter on the repeater end and then just drops again. And uh, it can be annoying and um, you're really supposed to um, give your call sign if you're going to lift the repeater. You should always um, give your call sign when you're doing that sort of thing. So that, that's the, that's what the Kerchunk Brigade are, apparently. I had another amateur talking about the Kerchunk, Kerchunk Brigade, and I thought that was quite funny. So that's the front panel covered. Okay, that's about it for this episode. Hopefully you haven't found it too boring. Uh, if you want to contact me, I can be contacted at mrx at hpr at googlemail.com 
dot com. That's M R X A T H P R the at symbol Googlemail dot com. So until next time, thank you and goodbye. You will produce a show. 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 You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.